This is an ABC podcast. Is Lamarck making a comeback? Jean-Baptiste Lamarck died in 1829. That's two years after Beethoven and just before Charles Darwin set out on his famous voyage, leading to his revolutionary book, Origin of Species. But Lamarck is famous still for suggesting that living things pass on what happens in life, so that, say, the children of blacksmiths may be more muscular than the other kids because Dad became more of a hunk during his lifetime. Nowadays, that doesn't fit orthodox genetics, and Darwin was right after all. But there is a modern wrinkle. It's called epigenetics, and it's what Diana Lucia is talking about at the Powerhouse Museum. Epigenetics affects the timing of your genes without changing the barcode. The programming remains, but the added chemicals change when things happen and how. Diana Lucia is at the University of Queensland. My research is quite integrative in nature. I'm a neuroscientist, but I'm also a developmental biologist. And I'm really interested in maternal health during pregnancy and how that can actually affect brain outcomes in children later in life. So I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever thought about what makes you uniquely you as a person, as you're sitting here? You may automatically think of things that make up your life, your job, your family, your hobbies. You might even think of your genetic makeup. But I think a lot of people don't realise that actually there's another factor that shapes us, and that's your life as a fetus. So the time you spent in the womb and much of what you were exposed to actually helped shape you as a child and continues to affect you to this day. So this area of science is called the developmental origins of health and disease. And the science within this field is showing that the nine months of pregnancy has the ability to permanently influence our health and our susceptibility to certain diseases later in life. Now, before you get out your phone and you call your mum and dad and you start blaming them for everything that's happened in your life, <laughs> we've really seen this notion of prenatal influence when mothers play certain types of music to their unborn baby or when they read a book out loud, but it actually goes a lot deeper than this. Much of what a pregnant woman encounters in her daily life is in some way shared with her baby. So one of the first and largest studies investigating this was actually during World War II, and it was during the Dutch famine. It was a major historical event. So in 1944, German authorities blocked all food supply to the Netherlands. So a population that once had quite a nutritious diet actually went to eating about three to 400 calories a day. And this event is now called the Dutch Famine. And it was the first human population to really show that there was a link between conditions encountered during pregnancy on later life health. And because the Dutch population was particularly well-fed before and after the Dutch Famine, the circumstances of the famine created what can be regarded as a natural experiment. And what was so interesting about this study is that it showed that the timing of the undernutrition during pregnancy actually determined which organ system was affected later in life. Undernutrition in the first trimester of pregnancy meant it was more likely that these children would develop hypertension and cardiovascular disease in adulthood, while undernutrition in the second and third trimester of pregnancy 
increase the likelihood of adults actually developing kidney and lung issues, along with a range of other metabolic diseases. And what's even more surprising is when scientists actually track these women throughout their life, even their children were more likely to develop these same health problems. So there's still a lot to learn about fetal adaptations. However, we know now that what happened during the Dutch famine involved a process called epigenetics, where the expression of genes change in response to environmental influence. And these changes in expression can even be maintained across generations. So this really suggests that our genes are not set in stone. So since the Dutch famine, the field has expanded quite significantly. And we've come to understand that a range of other factors can influence the way a fetus adapts to its environment while in the womb. And this is largely how we have come to understand diseases like fetal alcohol syndrome. And in fact, one of the most studied substances during pregnancy is alcohol. But maternal health during pregnancy isn't just about what happens in the nine months of pregnancy. Scientists are starting to understand that preconception health and even the maternal conditions just around the time of conception is equally as important. And alcohol, for example, is heavily ingrained in our culture. And when you look at the statistics in Australia in particular, 60 to 80% of women drink alcohol in the three months before pregnancy. Up to 50% of pregnancies are unplanned. And it can take weeks before a woman does realise that she's pregnant. So when you put all of those statistics together, it shows that women are unknowingly drinking during very early pregnancy. And this is so early in pregnancy that the fetus hasn't even developed any organs yet. And in fact, it's just a very small embryo. But this small embryo contains all the genetic information needed for the fetus to develop. So women being as healthy during this time of pregnancy is just as important as the remaining months of pregnancy. Now, as a scientist working in this field, I'm particularly interested in finding out if maternal alcohol around conception can affect the brain later in life. Now, I don't quite have all the answers yet, but it seems that later life cognitive outcomes are actually affected. So things like learning and memory, your predisposition to anxiety, and even your sleep-wake cycle, all of this is regulated by the brain. Now, this can be a very difficult concept to grasp because at this point in pregnancy, the brain hasn't even started developing yet. However, there's still a range of biological processes going on that we can't see that are absolutely critical. So to better understand this, I want you to imagine alcohol as being a biological tattoo from the outside world, marking itself on this developing embryo. So one glass of wine is one tattoo, which might not seem like a big issue. But now if we consider multiple tattoo markings, so a few glasses of wine on the weekend, a few beers during the week, and maybe even some cocktails. All of these tattoo markings have now been incorporated into an embryo that has all the genetic code and information for the brain to develop during pregnancy. And research around maternal conditions around conception is vital because if we can understand the developmental roots of health and disease, we can start developing interventions to prevent these diseases. And for men, I'm sorry, but the evidence is also showing that biological fathers who drink at risky levels may also have a significant role in causing health problems for their children. And this is also through the process of epigenetics. 
Taken together, this research isn't about judgment, but about increasing awareness and influencing our society to be as healthy as possible. And more importantly, we need to realise that decisions about alcohol use is not the sole responsibility of women. We need to talk to men about these issues as well and ensure healthy outcomes for the baby. The future direction is threefold. Continued education is important for couples planning a pregnancy. It's also important for the public health message for abstinence if planning a pregnancy to continue to be heavily promoted. And finally, if we can understand the importance of preconception health, we can focus on the possibility of developing some type of prevention or intervention to mitigate these changes. And I think in the end, that's something we can all raise our glasses to. Thank you. And yes, we raise our glasses to Diana Lucia doing her PhD at the University of Queensland and showing how epigenetics may come in a glass for parents to be. Next week, someone who wants to sniff your breath, not to seek out alcohol, but to detect disease. Dr. Nushin Naziri is using nanotechnology to search for the early stages of malady. I'm Robin Williams. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.